Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the end of the regular season approaching and playoffs right around the corner, 15 NHL teams will be looking to the future with the NHL Draft Lottery. And to celebrate, the Hockey Podcast Network has partnered with Tankathon.com and CoolHockey.com to bring you the Hockey Podcast Network NHL Draft Lottery Contest. The winner of the contest will win a $200 gift card to CoolHockey.com, the Internet's best source for ordering and customizing NHL officially licensed jerseys. So here's how you play. Visit Tankathon.com NHL and click Sim Lottery to create a 15-team simulation. You can run the simulator as many times as you like until you get the result that you think will best match the NHL's official draft lottery. Take a screenshot of your simulation and post it to the comments section of the Hockey Podcast Network's contest tweet on their official Twitter account, at HockeyPodNet. Then, make sure to tag a friend and retweet the post. You must follow at Tankathon, at CoolHockey, and at HockeyPodNet on Twitter to be eligible for entry. All entries must be submitted by April 4th at 11.59 Eastern. The winner of the $200 Cool Hockey gift card will be announced on Twitter following the NHL's official draft lottery. All contest information can be found at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. So what are you waiting for? Visit tankathon.com NHL right now and keep simulating until you get the result that you think will best win you your CoolHockey.com gift card. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is episode 45, and after a tough Back-to-back loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. All the New York Ranger fans have thrown in the towel like I did about a month and a half ago. And they've given up. It's over. Kreider uh, breaks his, uh, fractures his foot. The season's done. Igor ain't coming back anytime soon. Hank just got exposed for the the, uh, heaping pile of garbage of a goalie he is and everything. Everything has fallen apart in Rangerstown, and basically there's nothing to play for other than a draft pick. And you know, at this rate, with the uh, I feel like the Rangers fans feel like we have a shot at that number one overall pick. Andy, the house is on fire. It's all coming to an end. The season's <sighs> over. What are your thoughts? Uh, Just like that. Yeah, I mean, so 
obviously it's rough because especially considering how important those games were in terms of the Rangers ascent uh, to a playoff spot, playing a divisional rival ahead of them and a team that they kind of use as a, uh, a pace car for their own development. And it, which happens to be a little bit farther along in their development chart, but people kind of forget that, but you know, and especially, I think especially it being some former Rangers in the form of Kevin Hayes and uh, the, the ex bench boss, Alain Vigneault behind, you know, behind the bench. Yeah. It's all chaos and doom and gloom and all of the positivity about where this team was winning, uh, would they win eight of nine or they were, they went nine, one in their last 10. Yeah. You know, they dropped back to back tough games, but so, I mean, no. So I think people, you know, Ranger fans are kind of losing sight about what this was all about. And it was about, you know, this team really playing for something and pushing for something. And, in a lot of ways, as painful as it was at the time, I think this was kind of good. I think it kind of shows where they're at. And definitely because I think some people were super and listen, me included, because obviously when you're you have your goaltenders playing the way they were and the way the offense was clicking and how they were getting better on defense. Yeah, you kind of thought like, all right, they're poised, they're ready. But it this kind of goes to show, listen, some of the some of these guys are not going to be Rangers next year some or two years down the line, or they're not going to be there when this team is finally ready to make some noise. Um, some of these young guys probably won't be here. Some of the older guys. I mean, and I think it was definitely kind of a good barometer to see when stuff gets when the, the, you know the going gets tough. Who, who are the guys that are going to try to elevate and who are the guys who are just kind of kind of drag their feet and. I have to tell you that I, on one hand, there, I, there are some performances these last two games I saw from some of our players that I really was not impressed by in terms of body language and just how they carried themselves on the ice. And then there's other guys I was really proud of, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more in depth when we break down the games. But I just think in terms of all the doom and gloom, it's like, I know it's been really, we, it's everyone's been at a uh, you know, just at such a, a high peak in terms of the positivity of this team and what they've done. But if that's the case, don't let two rough games, one of which they made interesting in the third period and at least where and one, the one before where they were able to at least hang with the other team for two periods before thing, the wheels fell off. Like don't let it undo all the, the good stuff. Cause the, that the, you know, the adversity is just as important of a part and have it feeling like the rug is slipping out from under you is just equally as uh, valuable for this team moving forward as, you know, stringing together a bunch of wins and having that good feeling. Well, I, I, I personally don't, I don't know why everyone's saying the season's over. It was two games and we've lost to the second best team in the Metro. I mean, they're ahead. They just jumped the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's not act like the Philadelphia Flyers weren't on a similar streak as the Rangers. In their last 10, they, they were eight and two. They've won six in a row. This team is on fire right now. They're the regular season champs. They have the greatest regular season coach of all time, Elaine Vigneault. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say that they're going to do anything in the playoffs because Vigneault doesn't know how to coach in the playoffs because he's a fraud. Uh, so, you know, looking at this back-to-back, we just ran into a better team who is also on a similar streak than the Rangers and a flat-out better team won. And guess what? 
we we had our third string goalie in the net today and he got exposed for exactly what he was. He hasn't played in forever. And, you know, people are going to say, you know, it really wasn't his fault. We didn't put forth a good effort. Well, guess what? Big goalies step up in big situations and he didn't do it because he's 38 years old and he makes way too much money and he needed to feel, he needed to stick around on this team. And this is exactly what you're going to get. This is exactly what you're going to get from Henrik Lundqvist from here on out. He hasn't played in forever, and this is this is why I thought he should have just went and chased chased the cup somewhere because he is in a no win situation with this club right now because he's too old with the amount of uh with the amount of opportunities that they're going to give up against these big teams. He is going to get exposed for exactly what he is. He needs to be on a team that's a little bit more uh, defensively sound and that can, you know, be able to put the pucks, you know, in against a very good team. And the Flyers right now are a very good team. Um, so yeah, there's there's a, uh, a bunch of storylines right now that we can talk about. The first one I want to discuss because this happened in the first game, which I didn't get a chance to see. Kreider fractures his foot. He looks like he's done for the regular season. I don't know if he's going to be able to come back from this uh, anytime before that. Uh, I would imagine it's at least six weeks, the minimum, to get him back on the ice. Yeah. The, yeah. The, so the weird thing is it happens and they almost immediately they announce it's a fractured foot, which is, you know, considering we live in uh, a league that uses upper and lower body injury to as a catch all and to mask things. It's very weird that they would just flat out be like, Oh, fractured his foot. He's, you know, and then, you know, to say, well, maybe because it was going to be clear, like direct. I mean, I think it's pretty, yeah, maybe like, you know, you know, but it would, I just, it just seemed very strange how usually it wasn't like Chris Kreider has sustained a lower body injury and will not return. It was like fractured foot. And then, DQ said he didn't uh, he hadn't had a chance to talk to Kreider after that game but now we we don't have too much of it we don't really have official timetable we know he did fracture his, his uh, f- foot and he's week to week so I mean you know you have to imagine he's probably gone for the rest of the regular season and the year if he if the Rangers don't make the postseason yeah um, but yeah uh, I mean so okay so that game we kind of got blown out of the water I kind of missed it so for me can you can you break it down? What you know? What was the game like on fr- on Friday night? It was almost like the reverse of this game, where they uh, or the game they played earlier today, um, where they actually you know they score the first goal, and it's they it's pretty much one one going into midway through the second period, and then uh, yeah, there's some bad penalties taken by the Rangers. Ryan Strom has had two supremely uh, upsetting games to me from watching. I he's taken horrible offensive penalties. It's made me do some digger deep, uh, some deep diving, and I've seen that of forwards. He, you know, I think he's he's like one of the top forwards in terms of minutes to penalties taken ratio. It's just you know, it's not a not really a good sign. I'm just as a forward and the amount of offensive zone penalties he's taken this year has been kind of staggering. So I don't, you know, he's got to, he's got to figure find to have a come to Jesus moment. Cause I, you know, he is his body language and his effort. These last two games have been absolutely atrocious in some of his decision-making, but I digress. It, it was, there were two opposite games in that the Rangers were pretty, it's pretty even pretty competitive. Uh, Georgiev was good early on. And then just, you kind of saw, uh, glimmers of the Rangers of uh, a few months ago in that 
things started slipping away from them a bit. You know, they a penalty doesn't go their way. I mean, it's a little soft, bad luck. Uh, flyer score on the power ensuing power play. And just like that, they just start losing the plot and they stop skating and they stop moving their legs in their own zone and they just kind of puck watch and they, you could just tell it if it, you could, you felt like they felt that everything they've built was kind of being pulled out from under them. And yeah, the flyers just start capitalizing. And I will say it does seem like uh, this Rangers team does have, you know, they, that Flyers team does what Elaine Vigneault does best, you know, in, in terms of stretching the ice out and having a high threat at all times. So, and especially for a team that when these young guys miss their chances, they're so deep in the offensive zone, they have to come back so far. So it's just, this this Rangers team is not good at defending teams off the rush. They, they Once they're set up, they're good if they make sure they have a guy supporting their defenseman. But like, in terms of just, uh, you know, two on just three on twos and, and two on twos. They just have, they seem to have such a hard time when their forwards are kind of buried deep in the opposing zone and they're break, you know, the other team's breaking the puck out. Now it's just like three on twos. It's just really, it's really strange. But again, that's what Vino does best, which is kind of tends to be his undoing sometimes, because if you fi- play a team that's disciplined and you're flying the zone like that, uh, you can f- find yourself in trouble if it if it you don't get it out Let's, like we saw in the Zibanejad goal, uh, you know earlier tonight on his on his uh, that his power his second power play goal, you know. So, but yeah, it's just they they really you almost saw them reverting <laughs> reverting back to uh, you know their original form from earlier in this year. So, I mean, other than that, I didn't get to watch too much of it because I I was kind of frustrated and I was at band practice. So I just kind of turned it off. I was like, forget this. Um, I had it going on my phone in like the corner, but yeah, it's just, they old habits kind of creeped in. Uh, Georgiev, maybe some he should have saved, but for, for the most part, it was just, you know, a lot of, it seems over the last two games, a lot of open net tap-ins and guys not clearing and just poor coverage and not moving their feet. You know, just the stuff we were harping on earlier this, and you know, on early episodes of the podcast from this season. So yeah, they just, but it's honestly, it's just what you said. They ran to a team that's flat out better than they are right now. Who's better defensively. You know, they have some more experienced players who've been there before and know what to do, who have better stick position at all times and are good at knocking down passes and having their sticks in lanes. And you have a defensive core. That's very good with a guy like Niskanen that really, help settle that team down and Provorov who is pretty underrated in the national hockey league right now after having a hard time putting it together, but they have a good, those young guys was Provorov, Sanheim. They've kind of, yeah, they've, they've finally, finally figured it out after people saying like, Oh, what's wrong with these guys? You know, they have so much promise, but it just, their defense would take a while. And, you know, and that's just a story of two teams in two different spots in their development. And, you know, our team unfortunately is plagued by injuries and, you know, they weren't, they're not deep to begin with, but they were at least in a spot where they could, they had their young guys getting usable minutes, but you're forcing some, maybe some over the hill vets to play in positions they're not suited towards. And some guys who are maybe not ready to assume uh, as much responsibility in spots they don't, they shouldn't be in yet. And this is what's going to happen. So, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from today's game too. Uh, I agree with you with Strom. I think he really struggled the last two games and even today his body language was, you know, kind of piss poor and I'm not really sure what that's from. I'm not going to judge him on a two game basis because, 
you know, he's been so good for us in the uh, yeah. during this, you know, fun stretch that we've had. And, uh, you know, I think it's really frustrating, especially for a player like him who maybe is not used to being the man. And I feel like he might put a lot of, uh, you know, stress on, you know, put a lot of weight on his shoulders in terms of, you know, live or dying with this team. You know, if they lose, oh, it's his fault. You know, he's on the number one line. Uh, he's not getting, you know, Panarin, you know, needs to get the team going if they need a chance. And, you know, he, he probably feels some pressure and, you know, he's never been in this position where he is the kind of the number one center and the number one uh, uh, on the number one line. N- not, not that Mika is not the number one center, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're playing yeah, with, you're playing with, you're you playing know, with the Rangers with all-star. The yeah. You're playing with the man. Yeah. And you know, if, if, if he's not going, you know, unfortunately people are just going to blame you. So <clears throat> he's in a weird position. You know, I kind of forgive him and you know what? It's never easy losing to a team that's, you know, sort of, uh, you know, an in-division rival, you know, I put them third, uh, really, you know, even Washington too, but, you know, Philly is one of they, those teams that, you know, no matter what, you know, those games are going to be tough, no matter where they are in the standings and no matter where they are <clears throat> in terms of, you know, a rebuild and, and, you know, uh, their, what their roster says. So, you know, and then today with Hank, and I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit. You know, he was kind of, it's a 12 o'clock game. A lot of eyes are on him. He hasn't played since February 3rd. He played, what, 12 minutes against the Winnipeg Jets. The guy hasn't seen a game in ages. You know he's going to come out brutal. Like, it's it's yeah. to be expected. The guy. Well, that was that was the biggest thing for me. Not Sorry not to cut you no, off. No, no, no. Like they like I, you know, not he, he definitely doesn't get a pass because this is the situation the team's in. And this and like you said earlier, this is the situation he, you know, he he chose to be in. But so but him aside as a separate issue, the team like when you, you know, I, I look at the way I know it's been said to death, but with the whole e-bug thing, you know, you have David Ayers coming, a 42 year old uh, Zamboni driver. And you watch what Carolina does to make sure he is protected and insulated so they can win that game. You know, your your goaltender needs to needs to feel shots and try to get back in after not playing in a month. And what do they do right out of the gate? They take a bad literally on the first play. They take a they they take a bad penalty, uh, does uh, Lindegren. Just bad, not good enough communication. They weren't moving their feet. And granted, I, I can imagine they're pretty tired because their schedule has been brutal of his late and it's only getting heavier and worse. So, but they, that first period from them, he was bad, but they were just as bad. You know, everyone was bad, honestly. He wasn't good and they probably should have known that he wasn't going to be good, did absolutely nothing to at least say, hey, we need to like let him feel shots or keep things to the outside. A lot of standing around, no poor stick position in lanes. You know, Hank was literally coming out, challenging things at the top of the crease when he should have just been far, farther back in his net just because he's afraid he's got to just, yeah, you know, his angles were absolutely horrendous. It was just, it was just bad all around. Yeah, no. And, you know, again, watching this game, he's all over the place. The guy, stay in the net. You're 38 years old. What are you doing, man? Like, if he just says, if he just, you know, stays a little bit more conservative and stays in his net and just plays his ankles and 
and you know doesn't drift out too far and and, and commit too much uh, to the shots. I feel like he's still got the reflexes enough to make the save. He doesn't need to cut down that full angle and be all the way out there. And then and then he dives across the crease to come back and totally takes himself out of the play. I mean, there there were so many times where he he you know slid across the net way too early. The one uh, man, I think it was off of the penalty that Shrome took, where they had the tip in in front. It's like, dude, yeah. time the puck a little bit more. Like, you know, it's gonna get deflected in front. You can't, like, you can't, like, be all the way out there and slide all the way back across. You know, you're gonna ex- expose a lot of the net, and you know, yeah. and he doesn't, he doesn't just, have that yeah, lateral no. agility anymore. It's a textbook. It's a textbook tip for them. And you know, like again, the Rangers' effort really wasn't there today. I can see that they're tired. It's mentally draining. You played against a team who I I can't harp. They're eight and two in their last ten. They're feeling just as good as the Rangers are, and they they're, they're way pe- more talented. And they know they're going to be in the playoffs. And they're fighting for home ice advantage in the playoffs. You know, this is like a, a huge opportunity for them to grab four points. If you didn't think you, if you didn't think they had these games circled on their calendar over the last week you're crazy this was huge for them and you know what they came in they came into our barn and took care of business and grabbed another two points from us so i mean i don't really know what more to say other than let's relax after these two games yeah. let's take it easy you have st louis the reigning stanley cup champions coming into uh, your place next oh week. boy right. i'll i'll be i'll be there on tuesday night you so. will be <laughs> let's, oh man yeah for uh my my buddy's uh, girlfriend is a ranger. He's a he's an Islander fan, but she's a Ranger fan, and she secured four tickets. So right. my lovely wife will be accompanying us, and yeah, but I'm not expecting much. But at least you hope that they can kind of take the extra the day off, re you know regroup, rest at home. Absolutely, and <laughs> you don't do anything. Don't go out. Just stay home. Find whatever. I if old guys find whatever ice your knee for as long as you have to you know, Kako, just lay in your, your bed and play video games with your friends and don't move. Like just everyone needs to, to just take a beat and like, you know, cause yeah. And um, you know what, even if we drop yeah. against St. Louis, they're another team. They've won seven in a row. They're seven, two and one in our last 10. Let's take it easy. We're going to get beat by these teams. We we know we're not better than these teams. Like it's, it's one of those things yeah. that you, uh, you, you sometimes like, when you're when you're you know when you're struggling to make those final wild card spots in the in the playoffs listen you're going to lose to the good teams and you're going to beat the bad teams and that's what the rangers have done you know pro, you know pretty much since the all-star break so you know what you have to chalk these up as losses sometimes and and it's not over because guess what let's take a look at the standings here you have a carolina team that's forgotten how to win uh, you know, they, they lost in, uh, I believe they lost in overtime, right? The last game, they're four and four and two in their last 10. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they're Panthers they're sh- lost again. Today. Panthers lost again. They're, they're done. They, 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 you know, they, they were done when they lost to Toronto the other night. And then you have Columbus who's fallen apart. They're losing right now to Vancouver. And you have the Islanders who, who three, five and two in their last 10. So guess what? The wild card, the two teams that are going to get in the wild card are going to, cr- they're going to, they're going to, cr- you know, limp in. And they're probably going to get, you know, shellacked in the first round because, you know what, there's not a team fighting for the wild card right now that would be confident going against a uh, the number one seeds right now in the Atlantic and Metro. So, you know what, it is what it is. 
it'll would it be a good experience for our boys a hundred percent to go play face a team in the first round am i do i want to make the playoffs of course i want to make the playoffs it would be such an amazing story if the rangers made the playoffs this year especially on our first year as a, on the podcast you know i would hate i would i'd remiss to, to say that we'd probably take a little bit of credit for it just the energy that we're putting out there oh hell yeah yeah so and you, and to kind of piggyback off that, yes, it was a rough two games, but I also, I mean, there's a lot who more than anyone else these last two games when when shit was going sideways. Pardon my French. Who was the one guy that stepped up and almost put the team on his back both games? Mika. He was at the in the third period. He was absolutely well, starting from late in the second. He was absolutely unreal tonight. Or this afternoon, I should say. Uh, some of the plays he made just to, he made a like a real fa- fancy chip to, he walks the D-man and then just goes in and then uh, he's just, he really put, he when when things need, get need to happen, I, I've seen him turn it on a few times and it just kind of solidifies to me. I've heard all this talk about, you know, they re-signed Kreider, so they have to give him the C. Give him, give Mika the C. At what point, you know, he's doing what you what you want your leader to be doing, what your number one center to be doing, and you know, it's not obviously it's frustrating because he's not always surrounded with the best talent. Although I thought Butch finally turned it on the second half of the game and was good too. But and I he mean, got into a car accident too. You know, he's going to be a little weirder. Yeah, exactly. No, of course, and he he definitely gets a pass. I, but I'm just saying in terms of like. Mika, even without Chris, who is, I'm sure, is a stabilizing presence who he's been playing with and a constant revolving door of line mates the last two games because, you know, Quinn used that to, you know, try. He's he, everyone, you know, Heedle was there for a little bit, then Gautier, and then even uh, Phil DiGiuseppe for a little bit. But yeah, although I, Phil is another guy, not Heedle, DiGiuseppe, I thought had a very good two game stint, hence why I think uh, he was getting a lot of the shifts with them because he's, he's a, Bit, he's more of a gamer than I thought. I really, I really like him. That's a, a conversation for another podcast. But, but yeah, Mika was absolutely flat out fantastic tonight, even in defeat, and he almost will, single handedly willed them back into the game. Uh, that the uh, backhand he made on the power play after the Flyers failed to clear the zone and Panarin knocking the puck down, and that's another thing is that you know the way Panarin and him for clutch goals they've been up they get put on the ice together and they score clutch goals i mean yes this team has very little depth right now but you do you do can sort of glimpse in the future and there if there's a timeline where via free agents or just their young players getting better that there might be a timeline in which those two are on the top line together you know chris gets moved down and because they feel comfortable with their depth and can you imagine what type of damage that team could do No, I mean, listen, Zabinajad, without a doubt, you might as well, if you have a Zabinajad jersey right now, go down to your local, you know, pro shop or whatever and find a C and get that stitched on. If he's not the captain of this team, I don't know how I could root for them. Like, honestly, I, I mean, there's no way that they put Kreider as the captain. If I'm done as a Ranger fan. I, I literally... You put Kreider as the captain over Zibanejad. Do I mean, especially after these last uh, this last game today. I mean, the amount of heart that that guy shows, and you know, throwing the team on his shoulders when they're down five to one, and still you know keeping them alive. And I, 
he had a point in every single goal. It's just like he he really is right now the heartbeat. He's he's like almost harnessing his inner Zuccarello in terms of like playing with that like extra spark that the Rangers need sometimes. And there's never a question mark on whether he he's going to bring um you know he's going to bring the tool back to work because it, he shows up every single game. Uh, the guy is something special and he belongs in New York. He's I mean you know what can you say about him? The guy is an absolute bona fide all star. Even after the game here in Vorchek, say you know, you know, you know, they, they you know, they're a very dangerous team. They got you know some good players. You know, uh, Zabenajad and Panarin, and you know, naming like those two together, like ah, it's like it's just it's a clear who the leaders are on this team, and it's really uh, it makes me feel really good inside watching the Rangers play and knowing that they have a player like that on their team that is you know going to be here hopefully very long term and being part of, you know, the Rangers runs as, you know, the run that as they make it uh, in, into the playoffs in the next few years. I hate to interrupt my co-host, James, but I just want to take a second to talk to everyone about Southern Scholar Dress Socks. Southern Scholar is a hockey player owned menswear company whose primary focus is providing you with a better dress sock option through their monthly subscription to their shop. Simply put, Southern Scholar makes the best dress socks in the world. Crafted with their one-of-a-kind signature material blend and designed with classic color palettes and timeless patterns, their socks are built specifically to stay in place throughout your workday and add a subtle, uh, sophisticated twist at the same time. Included with each pair is their signature style card containing tips, tricks, and styling recommendations to help you best pair your socks and get the most out of your look every time. Southern Scholar brings you a unique yet professional dress sock which can be worn in the most prestigious of environments. Their socks have the perfect combination of stretch, softness, and breathability, providing a true mid-calf fit that stays in place throughout your entire workday. You can join their monthly sock club and enjoy all of your member benefits like lower prices, exclusive sales, and access to their member shop, or you can just shop their collections without a subscription. Either way, you'll save money using the code THPN. That's THPN, like in the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Southern Scholar was nice enough to send James and I a few pairs of their socks and they are absolutely gorgeous. They <laughs> sent us some fun Rangers colors, so plenty of, uh, deep reds and blues. So even when we're working, we can uh, rep our Rangers fandom. And even today I had to attend a birthday party after working in the morning and I was just kind of fried. I didn't really want to have to put too much thought into what I was going to wear but I knew I'd be reaching for uh, my Southern Scholar socks almost immediately. And included with the style card they gave me, I knew that uh, my the Argyle uh, uh, maroon and dark blue socks would pair perfectly with my brown brogues and my uh, navy dress pants. So yeah, I my socks look good. My sock game was on point. So thanks again to Southern Scholar. Be sure to check them out. Uh, but... Uh, you know, like you talked about some of the younger guys, obviously we have, you know, a little treat uh, for everyone uh, in terms of uh, one star on the team. Or I shouldn't say star. He's been struggling this year, but Capo Caco has had a huge question mark on his back all season long. You know, his play has been a little inconsistent. I think, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think the NHL is just, was just a little too quick and big for him. And he just wasn't able to do what he used to be able to do in terms of his strength and his, uh, and his skating ability. I think he was just a little overmatched this year. Um, but do you want to, uh, do you want to, you know, 
talk about uh, Capo a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, so I think the first thing is that the hype, obviously, for him coming into the season and honestly, Jack Hughes as well, although I think there was concerns about both players that turned out to ultimately be true, is that, you know, how saying, oh, because he plays against men, you know, yes, I, I do think the pace had been an issue for him. I watch him now and I don't necessarily I think he's done a good job. I think he has quickened the pace at which he plays at. I just think you see him now he'll he'll throw in the dipsy doodles and the quick uh, change of direction, which is good. But you see that defenders don't bite and get taken out as much as they were in Liga or in, in international competition. Uh, he might put on like three quick changes and then be accelerating out of the corner. But by then he's a little gassed and or, you know, the defenseman just says, screw this and just kind of pushes with, you know, with a not a heavy cross check, but will just kind of push him in the back and he'll kind of fall over and lose his balance. And then they just keep off of the puck. You know, I Capo Caco's biggest problem is that he's 19 years old and he's playing in the toughest, you know, league in the world. And he, despite having, you know, maybe not the best season by considering what some uh, other top pedigree picks have come in and done, you know, he's got 20 points on the season, which is not nothing. He's got eight goals, 12 assists. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I think compared to what everyone's expectations were, it's he's struggling. But I do think that the reality is that we uh, I think there's tends to be based on the play of some guys coming in like an Austin Matthews or, a, uh, you know, for every Austin Matthews and Patrick Line, we forget about the Barkovs and the Joe Thornton's many moons ago who just come in and it takes them a while to figure it out, you know? Uh, yeah. And interestingly enough, yeah, interestingly Not- enough, uh, we got our first uh, call in question. So and it actually had to do with Capo. So let's listen to that and uh, and see see what we got. Well, Vandy, Frank. First time caller, long time listener. I had a question for you boys. See what your thoughts are. Now that the Rangers just dropped two to the Flyers. Uh, playoff chances are not looking as good as they did after that good run. Uh, hopefully they still make it, but if they don't, and uh, Hartford looks like they're going to be making their playoff. Uh, I wanted to know if you guys thought that Kako might be sent down to get some more experience and play with Hartford in the playoff. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a few young guys on the Rangers that do get sent down. Just want to get your thoughts to see if you think Kako is going to be one of them. Uh, personally, I think it might be a good idea get him some more North American experience, play a little longer, get used to a longer season and get some playoff experience. But I want to get your thoughts and see what you guys think uh, as far as what they'll do with Kako if they're not in the playoffs and Hartford is and who else you think might be going down to play in the playoffs with Hartford. So hang up and listen. Look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Wow. Well, a great question from Frank uh, about uh... – Capo and whether or not he should be play with the heart, play out the string with the Hartford Wolf Pack as they approach the playoffs, considering it looks like the Rangers' playoff chances are slipping away. Um, well, Franny, here's the thing: uh, the any for NHL big clubs, if you wanted your players to be eligible to play in the HL playoffs, they had to be uh, 
sent down, quote unquote, in in their quotes, uh, on waivers right after the the Tuesday after the trade deadline, I believe it was. So you saw that there was a paper transaction where the the Rangers both sent down and yet immediately recalled uh, Brett Howden and Phil DiGiuseppe. So they those two are eligible to oh and Julian Gauthier, excuse me. So those three are eligible to go down for the playoffs, but they did not do so with Capocacco. So unfortunately, I do not. I believe he cannot go join Hartford for their playoff run. I could be mistaken, but I thought that's when I looked into it last time. I don't know if it's because he's a European uh, import. I don't know if that makes means it's different or his age, but I believe that he uh, cannot play in. Uh, the AHL for the playoffs because I, I I think he could play he might be able to play for the in the regular season for them to get sent down but he can't play in the playoffs for them or and the other the other issue is if you send him down the Rangers don't you only get four as the Rangers push for their own playoffs you only get four recalls from Hartford so I think they don't want to with the injuries I don't know if they necessarily want to burn their slots because I you know so yeah, if a couple more players go down, then you're automatically yeah, you know exactly. Then all of a sudden you're 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 screwed, and you have roster limits and all this other stuff. And so, yeah, so they I guess they just didn't think it was a good idea. And especially if they want, if let's say a guy like Vitaly Kraftsoff, they want to give a cup of coffee, you know. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I mean, I don't know if it's possible, but at the same time, though, I maybe would have been. I think it actually probably would have been a good thing. I think there's no. I don't know how Capo would have taken it, but at the same time, it's like, I think it's always a good test. I mean, I think at the same time, when you're 19 years old, like I understand he would have high expectations of yourself. And I, listen, I don't want to get mad at a kid for a hypothetical situation. He didn't, you know, doesn't know about or, but at the same time, it's like you would hope he would take it even though he'd be upset. He would be motivated to do well down there. And I think it could help him because the game is obviously, a little bit slower and he can maybe work on some things and iron some things out or at least say like, okay, like you try using what he's learned to just try to keep up as a 19 year old in the NHL. Now he's in the NHL. I got a little bit more time and space, feel a little bit more comfortable. I can hone some of the other things that I used to do, but hone it at a more North American pace. And I think that would uh, probably help him out immensely. So I think it, I honestly think it would have been a good idea. But again, alas, it might be too late. I don't think the Rangers can send him down now, unfortunately. Well, I got I got a question for you. Um, sure. Again, I, I want to thank Franny Sill from The Ville for calling in on that question. We might have to set something up where we throw something out on Twitter where people could call in and ask a question if they want. Yeah, to. we can make that. Or, happen. you know, so. always DM us. I mean, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll have to throw out a tweet uh, during the week and, and just see if anyone anyone fights. Yeah. Either uh, tweet at us at Broadway Boys Pod or just send us this direct message on Twitter. And yeah, any questions and we'll, yeah, we'll get you on the pod. So, and if you know one of us yeah. personally, feel free to call and, and leave a message. And Sounds uh, good. yeah. And so, my question for you is do you think that the Rangers were a little hesitant um, sending him down or even having the option to send him down after what happened with Vitaly? Maybe I think it's just, uh, and I, I guess Leas also, but I, I, yeah, I mean, their, their track record has not been good this year. Uh, I don't know if that's what that says, if that's more about kids these days and, you know, or if it's kind of just, I think there's, it's one thing. Yeah. I, I think the problem, 
I think is also that a lot of players on that Rangers team are also very young and you getting sent down while a bunch of younger guys are still up there. It's one thing if you're the young guy and you get set up and up down, you're like, all right, these guys are older than me, whatever. It's kind of low man on totem pole, whatever. But when you see a bunch of your peers not getting sent down or you see a guy like Brett Howden, who despite his struggles, David Quinn seems to love and says like, I love his intentions and he runs around really fast and he skates and he tries, even though he can't make plays. Now I'm going to put him on the top power play unit, even though Capo is not seeing any time, even though he's looked good there in the past. Um, yeah, it's rough. I do think whether we care to admit it or not, players kind of do hold themselves up against other players. We kind of saw some of the quotes from Leah Anderson and whether or not you think it's, you know, a bunch of if he's in, in entitled and spoiled or whatever, it's true. Like Capo probably says, like, I am more skilled. Maybe I've had my troubles or whatever. But if you're going to send me down while this guy is going to stay up, it's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you would hope at the end of the day that they would reinforce that. Like, listen, we're sending you down because we like we are super invested in you and we know we can come. We want to see what you look like down there and just we want to see really have take over these games or do, you know, just however you have to incentivize guys to know that going down there is ultimately what's best for them in terms of them becoming, you know, the best player. Yeah. And I think, I'll, and yeah, you, uh, no, and you look, yeah. sorry not to cut you up, but like you see what it did for Heedle this season, how we were mad that he didn't make it out of camp. And he, yeah, it, it, he was just flat out dominant down there. And it's like, all right, we brought him back up. And yes, he still had his struggles this year. He's had his brilliant moments. And then he seems to, he's also kind of hit a wall, but he's a younger guy as well. Um, yeah, it's like it's still a process. These guys are so young. Like we forget how young Heel still is. Well, is Heel twenty one yet? I don't know. It just, it's just not. They're you know these were the youngest team in the National Hockey League, and it's hard league to play in flat out. He's period. Heel's not even twenty. He's twenty. Can't even have a beer yet. You know. So, or in in America anyway. But yeah, it's just these are young guys and they're figuring it out. And the, some unfortunately young guys don't have. Yeah, they sometimes they I, I guess they could feel like their career is going to be over or decided for them before it even begins. So, you know, they're not. Yeah, they're a little insecure, you know, so, yeah, I, it's I can I can see the Rangers hesitation. But at the same time, I do think based on something on ice and especially if they feel like if this could start going. Although if if at the time it was made, the Rangers were kind of riding high and they thought they were pushing for the playoffs. So you also can't really fault them for that. You know, well, I don't think they thought Kreider would all of a sudden get block a shot and be out. Well, this is what the point I was going to make before was that, you know, a, a lot of this is still the Rangers went into this season probably not thinking they were going to be in this situation. So I think another thing to think about is that, you know, maybe they maybe, you know, uh, Gorton feels like it's and J- Davidson feel it's more important for, Co- you know, Kako to be learning under Quinn right now than it is for him to be down in the AHL. You know what I mean? You, you want to see the yeah, that's a great point. You know, you want to see what Kako has at the NHL level, of course, but you can't really determine that just by simply his stat sheet uh, or the, you know, or the metrics. And I know. You know, especially at the beginning of the season, I know he's gotten a lot better. At the beginning of the season, you know, he's, you know, metrically what was one of the worst players in the NHL. Yeah. But you know what? That's not that's not everything to these coaches. You know, it's his off ice attitude. It's his attitude and practice, you know, the things that he's working on with, you know, with the co- coaches one on one. 
And, you know, so just, just because you send a guy down doesn't mean it's automatically going to help his development. And, you know, it's this team was never supposed to be in this position to begin with. And, you know, now that they are, you know, Koppel was a part of it. So at the same time, it's like, you know, him playing those third line minutes and then him playing with the kid line, they're learning together. It's a process. And I don't think, you know, I'm sure the coaching staff is telling him, listen, just keep playing your game, keep developing, keep getting stronger. And, you know, eventually things, things will click and, you know, he's not killing us anymore in terms of, you know, the metrics and, and being out there for a ton of goals. I think this whole team has improved greatly and Capo is certainly a part of that. And, you know, I'm I'm very proud of what Quinn and the rest of the coaching staff staff has been able to do, you know, this entire season from where we started to where we are now. I mean, I don't oh, know. How, absolutely. I don't know about absolutely. you. No, I absolutely am. I mean, and that goes for the entire coaching staff. Look at how much the their power play has improved under David Oliver. You know, for years as Ranger fans, we've been. Yes, it helps to have a Panarin now and Mika and Butch and and Fox and Tony and just these guys who can flat out move the puck. But you look at how they're scoring these goals. Like there's still, there's more net front presence than ever. There's still tips. Yeah. Every team gets guilty of overpassing sometimes, but they're putting it on net more and they're honing in more and they're not, it's just, yeah, there's just more consistency defensively. There's more consistency, you know, maybe they've had a stretch of two bad games because they're running out of gas and they're starting to move their legs. And then you're putting guys like Mark Stahl, who was absolutely cooked back into those positions or Brendan Smith, who you didn't trust to play defense is now playing defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're of course they're revert. They're turning back to the team of, you know, last, the last few seasons, but, but yeah, you, know, you have to, you have to give the, the, the coaches and the young guys a lot of credit. Like people were really fans, Ranger fans, especially were really, hard on david quinn this year especially when they weren't supposed to be good and look they're they're in it yeah and what do we have you know and yes and yeah and yes panera is having a uh, heart caliber season and yes mika's taken that step and Kreider performed in a contract year but that's one line and they're not you know i don't care if how much you top load those minutes it doesn't mean like the younger is aren't playing you know early on they kind of had to be eased in more but they're playing more and more the these young you know especially in getting their lines are getting switched around they're getting tried in different situations and yeah we've seen all the young guys and we've seen he'll play wing we've seen him play center we've seen him play on the top power play we've seen Kako do you know play uh different lines and on the power play and yeah it's just it's you have to really be proud of what they've they've been able to tap into because in that you know today was a game they were getting blown out of and they did what they've done all season is that towards the end they push even though they probably have no reason to and they make it interesting they didn't quit and they got frustrated yeah Lemieux took some bad penalties because he's frustrated and when he's a guy when things aren't going right for him it's bad but at the same time it's like they care they're pushing maybe sometimes it's futile and it does and they probably shouldn't waste their breath but they do and I have a I have a lot of time for that and I have a lot of time for these young guys and you know, it's just sometimes it's, you feel for them because you like you wish they had a year, another year of, you know, de- age development and strength and experience to, to highs you know, that the highs aren't too high and the lows aren't too lows. But, yeah, there's a lot to be proud of. Yeah. And, and listen, the teams around them that they're fighting for these final two spots, they're not they're not performing very well either. They're they're you know, they're all going to shit. You know, the Rangers, you know, we dropped two to a very good team. And I, I think we we can't rush and say, you know, you know, 
this is what we need to do with all our young guys, you know, to get them ready for next year. It's like, we're, we're not out now. So let's concentrate on our next game. We have the best team in the league. Um, well, I guess the best team in the West, but they're the, they are the reigning Stanley cup champions. So they are the best team in the league until, until, uh, uh, until you know the 2020 playoffs, and, and everyone, you know, gets a fresh uh, a new shot at the the Stanley Cup. But um, you know, you're going to be there. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of effort we put against this team. Uh, the last time we played them, did I think did Hank we threw Hank at them, right? Who uh, uh, the Blues, St. Louis? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was e- it was either Hank or Igor. I, I'm not Igor. I'm sorry, Hank or. Uh... George, for, I think it was Hank. For some probably. reason, I think it was Lundqvist because I felt like the Rangers were were not going to do that to George, and they kind of just threw threw away that game. If, yeah, and that was, and I do remember us talking about on this podcast how we we speculated that the Rangers were going to try to do what they've been doing to lesser teams that can't either defend or score and just try to outscore them and run a gun with them, and just St. Louis absolutely flat out killed them on the counterattack. Yeah. Well, you know, they have a little bit more season on the stake now. So, and there you're coming off two losses and it's your house. So I guess, yeah. And this is good. You, you had a tough task these last two games and you, you didn't come, you came up with a goose egg. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to, are you just going to sulk and let it, let them run over you? Are you going to fight? And you, even if it's futile and you lose, are you going to at least try to make it interesting and keep pushing and make it hard on them? Are you going to forecheck? Are you going to try to like, you're going to move your legs when now is the time you're, you feel like you have uh, cement legs. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think we're this stretch, no matter what happens, you're going to find this extremely invaluable. We're going to find out what these uh, guys are made of. So, uh, I mean, the team that's that all I'm... that's all we've been asking for all year. So, so absolutely. Let's, see. Let's, let's go. Let's see. Let's see what it is. And, you know, I don't think anyone's going to quit on on us. You know, I again, you know, it's frustrating when you had so much success as a recent and then you run into these two games and you feel like it's a huge step behind. But it, it's really it's not. It's not. Everyone else around you is lost. Take a deep breath. Learn from those experiences. That's what—that's the caliber that you're going to have to, you know, get over that hump if you want to make the playoffs this year. You're going to have to beat those teams. So let's take a step back. Let's refocus. Uh, you know, you're down Kreider. You're down Igor. You know, it, it is what it is at this point. So you got you got the Blues coming up. You have the Capitals. Then you have a rivalry game against the Devils. And then you get a couple days off and you have to face off against some heavy hitters in the West with Dallas, Colorado, and you have a couple days off and you face an Arizona team that's desperately fighting for a playoff chance. And then the week after that, you have Calgary, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. So the next three weeks of hockey is going to be playoff like atmosphere. All these teams, all these teams are playing for something. Uh, and, and I even say that including the devils, because you know, the devils want to beat you. This could be the first time I think Hughes and Kako are on schedule, uh, to play against each other for the first time all season. So if you don't think that the devils are going to be buzzing, you're crazy. And all those other teams right now, they're either jockeying for a position in the playoffs or the, you know, or they're trying to make the playoffs and, and, you know, it, it's going to be a tough battle every single night. So just take it one game at a time. There's no pressure. You're not even supposed to be here. Just have fun, learn, and 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 try to you know beat some of these teams that are do have a shot at the Stanley Cup. 
and and have fun with it. Uh, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, I think we'll we'll end with a bit of good news after the game. Uh, David Quinn said that Igor is feeling a lot better. He's been on the ice and he's taken some shots already, which is good. Nothing high, but he's been taking shots. He's at least moving and he's got his gear on and he might be back sooner than they envisioned. But, you know, they're going to monitor it, obviously. But some that's some hope. There's some hope there, you know, because uh, fans thought that was it for him this season. So even if they don't make it, you still might see some Igor down the stretch. Well, uh, so hopefully in a week's time, we have some good news from on that. So, you know, you obviously they're mon- they're not going to jeopardize their future uh, number one goaltenders long term health by doing something stupid. But at the same time, if they he feels good and they feel he's not going to aggravate any reaggravate or, you know, play through pain, it's going to affect his focus or whatever. Then, yeah, we might see Igor before the season's over, regardless of what happens. So that's uh, promising. Yeah, I think that's the the problem with a rib injury is that there's really nothing you can do. You other don't than, really know, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, I think you have to ride it out until you don't feel pain anymore. So uh, that's great news. Certainly wasn't expecting that, but you know, I do think you know this is a good time for Georgie Georgie to step up and and you know uh, even if the games that you throw Hank out there, he he can kind of if he gets exposed like he did today, I think he'll take a real hard long look. If, it, if he wants to still be a New York Ranger at the end of the season. So, um, you know, there's so many things to look at. Again, let's just take it one game at a time. Uh, let's let's try to get healthy. And hopefully we are fighting for that playoff spot and we can get those guys back. Who knows? You know, Matt, you know, crazier things have happened in this sport. So um, one game at a time. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll see you all again on uh thursday morning hopefully we have uh everyone's kind of stepped back from the proverbial ledge uh as you heard at the top of this podcast please be sure to enter uh the hockey podcast network's nhl draft lottery contest uh in cooperation with tankathon.com and coolhockey.com uh you can visit at HockeyPodNet on Twitter for all the contest details. Again, if you didn't get them in the intro, so do that. Uh, check out Southern Scholar socks. Uh, I'm wearing my pair right now because I went out for a birthday dinner and they look absolutely amazing. They were, even though the, my Rangers lost today, I was representing uh, the Red and the Blues and they're absolutely gorgeous. They look great uh, in slacks and sneakers and, and brogues or whatever, whatever you're fancy. Yeah, check them out. And yeah, thank you so much for everyone who reaches out and has reached out. And uh, I guess uh, it's appropriate to say it's Franny season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.